0: The Colts finally got their roster down to 53 players, and we've got some thoughts. Let's get to it.
1: You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Good morning, and thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. I am Jake Arthur. He is Zach Hicks. It will skip through the pleasantries today because it's a busy show. Uh, today was uh, officially roster cut down day across the NFL. Uh, we've had everything floor to ceiling for you at horseshoehuddle.com over the last week or so. Uh, so we are just constantly putting stuff out over there. So uh, check out Zach and my stuff again, horseshoehuddle.com. The whole crew over there has been going nuts. So everyone's putting out content. It is awesome. Uh, But yeah, today was officially Tuesday was officially the deadline uh, for the Colts to get down to 53 players Uh, roster cuts in 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 itself because of the amount of them. That's why it's always such a huge news day. But the entire NFL landscape was also waiting to see what the Colts were going to do with Jonathan Taylor. Were they going to trade him? Are they going to keep him and put him on some list? What are they going to do with him? So we finally found all that out. Uh, So we'll talk about the our reactions to the 53-man roster today, uh, what we think of the Jonathan Taylor situation, and then Zach is going to revisit his list and kind of refresh his list of uh, guys across the league who have been let go, who make a lot of sense for the Colts. Uh, So first, we'll go ahead and dive in. And for the sake of not just cranking out a million names for you guys, um, YouTube visual guys here, I'm going to go ahead and throw up all the roster moves the Colts made today. I'll let you see that for a minute. Uh, for those of you listening on audio, we'll throw those names in the uh, in the show notes that you can kind of follow along a bit. So there is everything the Colts did today. As you can see, nice little mix of veterans and even some rookies who uh, we all thought might make some noise, um, but alas, not. Uh, so first reaction for me, Zach, uh, we've been talking about who is going to be, you know, the fifth or sixth receiver for a bit. The Colts said nobody yet. Nobody. They're going with four receivers right now. Uh, obviously, Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, uh, Josh Downs, and Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, they let go of Mike Strawn, Juwan Winfrey, uh, James Washington, DJ Montgomery, the whole crew. Uh, so that's obviously something they'll be addressing with waiver claims. Uh, but in terms of you know just four receivers, what else jumped out to you on this, uh, on this day of cutdowns?
1: Yeah. So the one thing I will say about the wide receiver position, there's there's no way they're actually going to go into the season before Uh, they will claim at least one in the next couple of days, maybe two. Uh, I'm sure that Shane Sagan just looked at this roster and was like, I need another speedster. I need a guy who can get vertical and you can play those outside wide receiver spots. We'll talk about it in segment three. Some guys they could claim for that. But. Yeah, he definitely wanted just another burner into his wide receiver room, which mm. it definitely fits what we uh, what we know about Shane Steichen. Uh, but the other thing that pops out to me is cornerback Darius Rush, fifth round pick, uh, was waived in in this uh, big roster move uh, cut down here. And Darius Rush was a guy where you know we kind of brought it up a couple times on shows here that we were a little iffy about his positioning on the roster. But I'm not going to lie and say that we all that both of us thought that he was going to get cut. We both were mm-hmm. clearly in the camp that he was going to make the team because you just can't cut him yet. Uh, but off of his camp performance, he probably shouldn't have made the team. And the Colts decided to go with that. They said off of the camp performance, uh, he's not going to make the team. And and uh, the way that I rationalize it for, for people on social medias and stuff when I was talking with them is, you know, at, at the outside cornerback positions, the Colts had four players that were all around the same age range as him, you know, that 23 to 25, actually in Jalen Jones case, he's only 21. Uh, But in that same age range of him, you had four players that were outplaying him in camp. So you have those four players all at outside corner outplaying him in camp. And he doesn't have that high pick pedigree to warrant, Hey, we have to keep this guy no matter what, you know, like a Juju Brents could come along slower because you're going to keep him no matter what he's a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it really came down for the coach. You know, are we going to keep a cornerback seven and or or do we keep cornerback six and we cut Tony Brown where Tony Brown is our backup nickel and he's our top gunner on our team right now. So, yes, I would have kept Darius Rush. I think that potential is there and I think he can be a good player in the NFL, even if he isn't right now. Uh, but it makes sense to me why they did this move, why they waived him. They have other younger corners they like. And and honestly, Jalen Jones throughout all of training camp has kind of proven to be a more valuable and more promising young player than Darius Rush. So yeah, it's a tough cut. I, I understand it though. And and it's just the you know, it's the ugly side of the business. You know, you cut some really promising players and and you keep other ones. So Darius Rush being waived was a shock to me, but I totally get the move by the Colts.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that one was kind of an excruciating one for them. That had to be one of their final cuts. But you know that that's a guy with really good playmaking ability. We've seen it. He did it in the spring, did it in the summer, in the preseason. Uh, But I just think that consistency. If if I had to guess, knowing Gus Bradley and you know Ron Miles, these guys, they're probably looking for consistency, not so many peaks and valleys. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, so he you know he screams practice squad to me at this point. Like if he, I don't think there's yeah if if he exactly that's the danger with waivers, and that's the reason why Zach and I didn't think they'd cut him. Uh, Is because they didn't want to risk that. But if he clears waivers, I'm pretty sure he'll get to the practice squad. Uh, Looking elsewhere, on the defensive line, they pretty much did the reverse of what I thought they would do. Uh, So some of the toughest cuts for me were the defensive ends when I was cutting down my roster of it. Uh, They wind up with just four defensive ends uh, rolling ahead with Quidipe and Samson Abukum, Dio Dangbo, and Taekwon Lewis. Uh, Big risk there because, you know, Taequann Lewis – I hate to say it, but it's the elephant in the room with the defensive. Then depth is this is a guy who is, I think he's only played one complete season throughout his career. Yeah. Um, so you're just kind of on that other shoe to drop. But again, that's probably a position they're going to address with waiver moves. Uh, and then at defensive tackle, I had them keeping four. They wound up with six. So they kept the young guys, Eric Johnson and uh, Atatome behind Buckner and Stewart but they also kept the veterans they they brought in with Taven Bryan and McTelvin Ageem. so I thought that was pretty interesting I mean it's deep inside uh, but now it's pretty shallow when you're really relying on um, advancement from all of those those young defensive ends
1: yeah I think we'll see a move here in the next couple of days at defensive end and defensive tackle you know I think it'll come down to waving or sorry, releasing one of McTelvin Ageem and Taven Bryan. I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm, I feel confident that both those guys are not going to be on the 53-man roster come week one. And then they'll probably grab another veteran defensive end to back these guys up or maybe uh, use a waiver claim on a defensive end there. But it was interesting to see like, okay, cool. Uh, Khalid Kareem got way or got released and al Muhammad got released. So Titus Leo is going to be the guy. And then he got placed on IR, and he's out for the entire season. Uh, So he gets kind of a redshirt season. Uh, Two more things I want to touch on before we got out of this segment, though, is they kept five tight ends as of right Mm -hmm. now. But I will say that I'm assuming that means Jelani Woods is going to go on IR uh, later today. You guys are listening to this on Wednesday. I'm assuming Jelani Woods with his torn hamstring, which I talked about on yesterday's show on my solo show, by the way, Jake, thank you for <laughs> abandoning me. You know, I have abandonment issues. Our brother's uh, but, too busy
0: sometimes. I don't yes. have to tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think Jelani Woods is going to probably go on IR with uh, that torn hamstring. It missed the first four weeks of the season. And then he's be, he'll be eligible to return after that, uh, which makes sense to keep then four tight ends after that. So that's why mm-hmm. they still have Mo'Elly Cox for now. You kind of push that decision back on him. Uh, until at least week four Uh, and then also at the offensive line you know we thought that this could be an area where they go kind of thin because Mm -hmm. they didn't have nine rosterable offensive linemen and they said you know what for now we're going to keep nine of them uh, right there uh, on the roster and and again this is another position group where I think we're going to see a lot of adjustments in the next couple days I don't think the nine that they currently have on the roster (laughs) are the nine they're going to go into week one with but it clearly says that, hey, these are the nine guys that we at least kind of value over all the others. So even if a Carter O'Donnell or an Arlington Hambright get waived the next couple of days, I still think the Colts like him enough to bring him back. It's just I think there's going to be some movement there with the offensive line, because as of right now, they only have three tackles. They have yeah. Lake Freeland as their only swing tackle. I mean, I guess you could technically put Arlington Hambright out there, but in an actual NFL game, you probably don't want Arlington Hambright at left tackle. So Mm-hmm. There's going to at least be a tackle addition, maybe another guard addition, maybe a backup center addition. If you don't believe in Wesley French, uh, this roster is going to have a lot of turnover in the next couple of days. And we're going to get a lot of it here on the same day you guys are listening to the show on at noon on Wednesday. When the waiver claims go through, I could really see this team grabbing four, five, six players off waivers.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like you mentioned with tackle, not a lot of depth there. And for that reason, I thought it was possible they kept Dan Skipper because he has a pulse and has played in the NFL before. Uh, not going to pass protection whatsoever, no. uh, but I think they were comfortable with with moving on in that direction. Uh, so after this, guys, we're going to talk about, you know, one of it was the, the biggest edge of your seat story of the day, really across the NFL. And that was what was going to happen with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, But first, I want to talk to you guys about LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Obviously, teams right now are looking for some of those guys on the waiver wire in the coming days to be that clutch guy that gets them over the edge. And that's no, biz- that's no different in the business world either. Uh, you can find a nice little guy to add to your team, guy or gal, uh, that can make the difference. And Help you push your sales numbers to the next quarter, whatever it might be. So, LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And every day, obviously, this was a big day today with roster cutdowns. If you've been following throughout the weekend, uh, again on horseshoehuddle.com and here, there's been a lot to report, uh, but just because the cutdowns happened at the deadline on Tuesday does not mean this whole thing is over. Uh, waiver wire additions, free agent additions, injury designations, they're going to keep rolling in. Uh, so we're going to have you guys covered top to bottom with all of that as soon as those come in. So I think you know what to expect for tomorrow morning show. All right, Zach, so moving along all day. Twitter slash X feeds were just being refreshed like crazy up to four, up to 4 PM. What's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor is the, are the dolphins or the second mystery team going to come through and sweeten the pot for the Colts, make it so they pull the trigger. Ultimately, no, uh, the Colts move Taylor along to the reserve uh, pup list, which keeps him out minimum the first four games. Um, yeah. So really it's it's almost no news there because there's been no change in his status with the team uh he still can be traded the colts just wanted to give him that leeway to seek out a trade so they know knew what to do with his roster spot essentially uh but the true nfl trade deadline is october 31st spooky season uh we could see him move still anytime between now and then uh probably would be closer to that that deadline because deadlines spur actions, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Are Are you super bummed that this still has to be a thing for the next couple months?
1: Jake, I am very lucky that I'm already bald because I would be ripping my hair out all the way until October 31st <laughs> over this entire thing. Uh, but luckily, I don't have much hair to rip out at this point. <laughs> Maybe my beard hairs, I could rip those out and stuff like that going forward. Yikes. Um. But yeah, I know it is... Uh, it's unfortunate, unfortunate that we have to keep talking about this for at least another two months uh, when it comes to the Jonathan Taylor situation, but I hope that you guys were listening to my solo episode yesterday, which again, I went solo without Jake, guys. I did it. I did it. All right, Beyonce, I chill. <laughs> I broke away from Destiny's Child for a day, uh, even though you go solo all the time, Jake. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, but the big thing with the Jonathan Taylor situation, if you guys were listening to yesterday's show, I did say that you know, this would go right up to the wire before we got any news because the Colts were going to wait for any last second offers to come in. Now, I was wrong in saying I thought a trade would get done because I just thought both sides were over it at this point and something would get done. But I think we just didn't factor in the fact that at at the end of the day in all this debacle, one person that is determining whether he's going to trade Jonathan Taylor still immensely values that player. And that is Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard still values jonathan taylor like a franchise running back like the like a superstar running back and he's not going to trade his superstar running back for anything less than what a superstar running back should get him so yeah if someone came in with a first round pick uh, chris Bowd was going to trade him for that like that that makes sense you know you're rebuilding your team trade a 24 25 year old running back for a first round pick and maybe use that first round pick a more of a premium position next year but if you're getting offers like in the third round range uh like I think that's what somebody reported the highest offer they got was a third round pick and some change Uh, for Chris Ballard, who again, immensely values Jonathan Taylor and still thinks in the bottom of his heart that he can fix this relationship. Even if it's a fruitless venture, you know, he's going to keep Jonathan Taylor and just hope that he can get this superstar running back back on his side and back on the football field for the Colts. I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen. I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to play another snap for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, That whole situation seems to be a complete disaster right now. And uh, our guy, Mike Chappell, uh, the legend on the Colts beat, wrote an article about the whole situation where it could get to the point where the Colts are suspending Jonathan Taylor after after he comes off the pup list or if he comes off the off the off the pup pup list. Uh, It's just like ah, I'm just ready for this situation to be over and it's just not going to be over anytime soon. So unfortunately it's going to be another topic on this, on this podcast a lot throughout the whole season, even though we're going to try to keep it focused on Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen. But uh, yeah, there's no conclusion, no definitive conclusion yet to it, but we did get at least some clarity, I guess by him getting moved to the reserve pup list and he's going to be out for four weeks at least no one's going to trade for him within those first four weeks. So we at least have a month away from trade speculation, but Yeah, this is just the beginning of another long, long uh, two to three months and what could be another year of drama with the situation. It's just going to be a mess going forward. Like it's already been a mess, but it's going to continue being a mess going forward.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and as Zach mentioned with Chapel's piece, uh, reportedly the Colts think that uh, Taylor is conducting a hold in, you know, because the ankle was supposed to be cleared up literally like within a month, six weeks max. But here we are seven months later, you know, the timeline doesn't match up much. Uh, so if the Colts feel that he's just out there so that he doesn't have to play and the ankle's just an excuse, um, you know, that's why they could suspend him for conduct detrimental to the team if they elect to give him another or try and pass another uh, physical or workout, what have you. So that's where all that lands. Yeah. Um, well, I, I yeah, go yeah,
1: One thing I wanted to throw in with that is – the Pup List is kind of powerful for the Colts here uh, in in a weird way. Like, again, it's never really supposed to be used this way, but uh, basically the way the Pup List works, the Reserve Pup List, what Taylor is currently on, uh, is it's not a thing that tolls the contract. Now, a told contract right. means that the contract carries over to the next season, and you don't break that contract when it yeah. would typically end. It,
0: does, it doesn't accrue a season for his right. – his... Equity in the league, basically. Right.
1: So typically, only the NFI list can do that, can toll a contract to the next season. But the pup list only can if a player is in the last year of their deal, and they're on the reserve pup list, and they are not activated within six weeks. Then they do not play a single game the entire year. So if Taylor keeps coming into the Colts saying my ankle is not ready, I can't pass a physical, and this continues into week six, then he still doesn't pass a physical, and he still doesn't suit up for the Colts and it ends up being a whole year thing where he's on the pup list, then he's back on this rookie deal again next season. That's the Mm -hmm. only way this contract can toll over to next season with the pup list. So the Colts wouldn't have to suspend him at that point. He would just be again on his rookie contract next year. Uh, And then they could activate him next year and then find him every day. He doesn't show up. So again, this could be a lot uglier going forward than what it already is, which nobody wants to see. Again, I don't hate Jonathan Taylor for this situation. I know some people do. I don't, uh, whatsoever. I understand where he's coming from, but, uh, yeah, the Colts don't even have to threaten suspension because if he keeps coming in saying he can't pass a physical and they think he's faking it, like, but he still fails physicals, he won't get activated and his contract will toll over to next season. So it's just an ugly situation, man. It is so ugly. I just wish a team would come in and offer a second round pick so we can just, we can just move on, but I just don't see it happening. I I just don't The running back market's broken. Nobody's going to give a big contract and nobody wants to trade big, big uh, picks for him. It's just, it sucks, man. It sucks right now.
0: Yeah. What works against Taylor's favor is he obviously doesn't want to suit up for the Colts and like give them, you know, the reward of his play, but that's the only thing that's going to get him out of there. That's Mm -hmm. what, that's, what's going to cause another team. to be like, Oh yeah, he's Jonathan Taylor again. Let's go. Yeah. It's him playing. Um, I just, a quick thought I had on all this is I think, you know, people get caught up in needing to choose sides. And I think what's been lost in this is like people saying, you know, the Colts don't need Taylor. he's he's whatever. Anyways, like they can just replace him. He doesn't need to fit into this scheme. what, What have you, which to some degree, like I do think Shane Steichen can scheme up a run game regardless if he has a superstar or not, but like Jonathan Taylor is a special player. Like I understand where the Colts are coming from. Like you don't, you want to see him return to his normal self before you think about giving him a new deal. Plus it's a running back. The position is devalued, what have you, but like, I wouldn't want to give up big money for that either. And if I was Taylor, I would want, you know, I've done a lot for this franchise. I would want more than what they're, Doing on their side as well i get both sides but like let's just take things at face value like jonathan taylor is a special player and like this can just be an unfortunate situation that just sucks all around because that's what it is like taylor is awesome and it would be great for the colts to have him and repair this it's probably not going to happen both sides are whatever like it just is what it is like we don't have to get crazy devaluing anything on either side like I just think this is a situation where you can just ride ride the fence and be right down the middle. Because to me, evaluating both sides, that's what it truly is. Like, I get it from both sides of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, coming up, guys, though, we're going to get back to Colts topics again. I know Jonathan Taylor is technically a Colts topic, but it, again, crazy situation right now. But coming up, we're going to talk about some waiver wire ads that we could see the Colts make on today's deadline at noon. All right, Jake, just so I – because, I, you know, I kind of want you to talk in this segment, so I'm going to throw this to you for at least a second just so you can throw it back to me. You know, I'm just going to throw you the pass before you throw me the oop here, you know, for basketball terms. Uh, So what are some positions that you think the Colts really should be active with on uh, the waiver wire here at noon's deadline?
0: Offensive line, offensive line, offensive (laughs) – yeah. Yeah, so, you know, obviously the offensive line, uh, that was something we said even before going into the cuts. Um, You know, their offensive line depth was scary going into the summer. It remains scary after the summer. They've got to do something, and their best interior backup, or at least their best backup center, is out for the year. So they have to do something there. Luckily, you've got a ton of options here. Uh, That's I mean, so. If they don't come out of this with some quality depth players on the line, then something has gone awry and they just truly feel sunshiny about their offensive line, which I don't think there's reason to yet. Uh, But receiver, they're obviously not going to go into this thing with four. Like you said earlier, I think they really want guys who can stretch vertically a bit more, but they also need key special teams guys. But at this point, a fifth wide receiver probably will play a little bit on offense Uh, sticks. Probably not. Uh, so you're looking at special teams. So you're gonna, you're basically looking for a gunner type. You need a fast guy who can play special teams right now. Yeah. Um, so that's what you're looking at there. And then obviously defensive end, very shallow. So Zach, obviously I know how you're feeling too. So let me oop you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here Let's we go. go. Here we go, guys. We're gonna dive into a bunch of names that I bet some of you draft nerds have heard about. And oh, I'm
0: looking you- at this and I love it.
1: Yeah, well, some of these guys I thought were way older than what they were, but they're actually not that old. Like, we're going to start with wide receiver here. We got Austin Watkins Jr., a former UAB wide receiver who went undrafted in the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, Had a really crazy career at this point. I think he signed with the Niners after the draft. Went to the Buccaneers, then went to the USFL and won a championship. Came to the Cleveland Browns this offseason. Signed with them. Led the entire NFL in preseason receiving yards with, I think, 245 yards in three games uh, and the Browns ended up waiving him because they already had their roster kind of set going into the preseason. Uh, not much of a special teamer, but a six foot three, two hundred ten pound wide receiver who's really smooth and was coming off a really hot stretch of play. That's a wide receiver you could look at with wide receiver five. We got Jacob Harris as well from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big, explosive, six five, two hundred twenty pounds. Runs a four three nine. Had three catches for seventy four yards here in the that's, preseason. That's, the
0: gotta have, that's gotta have. That's gotta Ballard. Just literally. He's got to be the gift of that guy sweating in his chair, just rocking back and forth. That's Ballard looking at Jacob Oh, yeah. Harris.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, if you want a more developed Mike Strong, that's <laughs> Jacob Harris. I know he hasn't done much in the regular season, but Jacob Harris uh, has a little bit more pedigree. Was and he that guy more. from UCF? Yep. Who okay. Everyone You've said talk- could have been a tight end as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. So, you were talking about him like two years ago. I remember yep. now. Okay. Yeah,
1: I think 2021 fourth round pick from the Rams. And then we got one of Shane Steichen's boys from the Eagles, Bertane Covey, uh, former undrafted free agent out of Utah, five foot eight, 173 pounds, but was a punt returner and a kick returner for the Eagles last year on their trip to the Super Bowl. Had over 100 special team snaps in total last year. So if you're looking for that Ashton Doolin type that can also return kicks and punts and get guys like Isaiah McKenzie and Dallas Flowers off of those units, then you can go get a guy like Bertan Covey. Uh, Seth Williams also had mentioned on here from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big wide receiver had a good camp. Uh, but those are some guys that you could see the Colts maybe making waiver claims for. Uh, defensive end, you know, people aren't going to be waiving great pass rushers typically. Uh, but Travis Gibson was waived by the Chicago Bears. And that takes one team off the top there that so would Gibson. claim him.
0: Now that Pharaoh Brown is gone, that opens the door for Gibson because that's who Pharaoh Brown couldn't stop fighting. (laughs) And Dan Skipper.
1: Okay, there we go. When there were
0: joint practices, Gibson was getting into it with Dan Skipper and Pharaoh Brown, but they're both gone. So come on in.
1: Yep. So Travis Gibson, 13 career sacks in three seasons in the NFL, mostly just two seasons too. It's like the last two seasons has 13 career sacks uh, could benefit by being in more of an aggressive attacking scheme. Uh, Sam Camara is another player I have listed here, another Cleveland Brown pass rusher. Uh, the Colts really liked him as an undrafted free agent prospect a couple seasons ago out of Stony Brook. Uh, I think he's 6'3", 275, a little bit of a tweener uh, like the Colts like. And then Quincy Roche, the former Miami uh, Hurricane pass yeah. rusher, I think from the 2020 draft, he was like a fourth or a fifth round pick. Yeah, five, uh, I think he started with the Giants, was with the Steelers the last couple seasons. seasons. Uh, pretty good, solidified, you know, rotational pass rusher. Uh, the Colts could definitely benefit from him. And now we're going to dive into those O-line names because I have a bunch here for you guys. And I know that these are going to be the names that you guys do not recognize at all. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to have fun with it. So Zach Bailey, an offensive tackle slash guard product or prospect, I guess, player at this point, he's 27 years old uh, from San Diego or San Diego, Los Angeles chargers. I'm sorry. I'm rattling off names here. So I'm flying through it uh, from the Los Angeles chargers a guy who had 85 pass blocking snaps this preseason, only allowed one sack and one hurry, had a really good preseason. Uh, Kellen Deesh from the Chicago Bears, left tackle, who had a great game against the Colts in week two, like phenomenal game, did not allow a single pressure. That's a guy to watch right there, a very athletic player. Darian Kennard, a guard uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs, former fifth round pick from uh, out of uh, Kentucky, uh, really, really big guard, like six foot five, like Three hundred thirty pounds, massive mauler type. Uh, that's a guy to watch there. Michael Dunn, another veteran, like twenty nine year old uh, from the Cleveland Browns, really good athletic backup player. And then Akeem Adeniji uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals, a tackle that has yeah. uh, started, I think, twenty five games in the NFL at, at tackle. Now it hasn't been great, but <laughs> starting experience, you know. I like I him.
0: Yes, I liked him coming out of Kansas, but I have zero idea what he's done in the NFL.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's been below average. I'm not going to say he's some great star. I mean, he's getting waved, you know, mm, like it's not. Right. He's not some superstar, uh, but another veteran that you could look at there. That's going to be on the waiver wire. And then I also have three running backs down here uh, that well, could on. make some Tyree sense.
0: Phillips. Oh, Tyree, Tyree Phillips, Phillips. as Well, yeah, sorry. Sorry. He's for a, he's a big. Yeah, he's a big name that's out there right now.
1: Yeah, for offensive line, Tyree Phillips, Mm -hmm. well, former third round pick from the Baltimore Ravens. I actually had him on here. I I don't know how I glossed over him. I had him on (laughs) here because he was with Tony Sperano Jr. with the Giants Mm -hmm. last year. So that one couldn't make sense. A lot of injury issues there on the offensive line with him. But if you're a swing tackle like that's know, you're not going to play that much. Uh, and then I want to hit these running back ones real quick, and then I'll let you close this out here, Jake. Uh, Trey Sermon was waived by or by the Philadelphia Eagles, and now he did not have the greatest preseason, especially against the Colts. They held him to, like, 13 carries for, like, 19 yards in that game. Uh, but. A big, bruising running back who spent time under Shane Steichen last year. You definitely have to take note of that. Uh, Jaquez Patrick, I think is how you say his name, Jaquez Patrick, uh, from the Tennessee Titans, had a really strong preseason, big bruising back as well, plenty explosive, does some special teams work. And then the one that actually got a Colts connection on social media today by a Giants reporter is uh, Jay Sean Corbin, uh, former undrafted free agent. I want to say out of northern Illinois, I want to say Northern Illinois. I don't have his uh, team down here. But Jay Sean Corbin, uh, undrafted free agent a couple of years ago, spent last year with Colts running backs coach uh, Dante Smith in uh, in uh, New York. Uh, really productive preseason, had 14 catches, a- another kind of bigger bruising back as well. So the Colts just want a running back that can be ready for week one who has experience with this coaching staff. That's a guy they can bring in here on waiver claims. Now, I'm not saying the Colts are going to grab all of these guys. This is a lot of names I just threw at you guys and you might have to pause the video and just go to their pro football Hmm. like, you know, uh, stuff and all that. But uh, those are just a bunch of names that popped out to me at positions of need that I think the Colts could be interested in. I I expect them to make, again, four, five, six, maybe seven waiver claims. Uh, The last time Ballard made that many was five back in 2017 when they claimed Kenny Moore, the second and Pierre Desir among Mm -hmm. those waiver claims there who end up being good players for them. But. I expect a, a good amount of waiver claims here at noon today. And that'll be a really big, big fun topic we can talk about on tomorrow morning show.
0: Yeah. And you guys have seen Zach mention this several times in the last week. The Colts are fourth in the waiver. Yeah. So the Colts are fourth in waivers right now until week three. Uh, so essentially the players there are the teams they're most competing with are just the three ahead of them. Uh, so for the most part, the players, the Colts really want, they should be able to get, um, I'm going to put a, an asterisk next to Travis Gibson uh, da, 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 and Trey Sermon in particular. The Colts had joint practices against them in preseason games. So a lot of scouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see a lot of that, like, you know, cross pollination, I guess, when it comes to preseason waiver claims, you know, because the Colts have technically got an extra look there uh, and, you know, they could use both those guys essentially. So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on us here in the next couple of days. Uh, again, dayers waiver claims are coming. Roster moves are coming. Uh, we'll give you our takes on the guys they're going to wind up letting go, putting on injured lists, and ultimately the guys they're going to be bringing in as well. Uh, and then we've also – we've still got some roster digestion and analysis to do, uh, looking at, like, team needs and stuff before the season starts. Week one technically isn't here yet, so uh, hang here with us there. And then if you don't already, follow at Locked On Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at ZachHicks2 on Twitter. Also subscribe to Locked on Colts on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also love your ratings and reviews as well. That always helps us move up the charts. And with that, we will see you beautiful people tomorrow morning.